Well, good morning. So good to have you all here. My name is Steve McConnell, and I'm one of the pastors here at Church of the Palms, and it's always my joy to welcome you, and we hope that you will find this to be a place of warmth and welcome. We are grateful always for our online community and thankful that we get to worship together. Just a few announcements to keep in your minds and in your prayers over the course of the next few weeks. We are looking forward to the reopening of our tutoring ministry. We didn't get the chance to do tutoring last year, and uh, we're grateful that we'll be able to look ahead to the end of August for an orientation for new tutors. And we invite you to go on the website and our families page, scroll down to the tutoring section and find out more information about that, how you can sign up to be a tutor, and also how perhaps you have a child in your family that could use some help with tutoring. So, uh, and it's also... Uh, we encourage you to find, as I said, more about that on the, on the website. Looking ahead to next Sunday, August the 8th, we'll be blessing our children back to school. And so keep that in mind if you've got children to make sure they're here as we uh, provide them a blessing as they begin the school year. It is so hard to believe. Jeez, school is just about ready to start. Um, for those of you who have been waiting your whole life to join the choir, now is your time, uh, and I know we don't have a choir here, but perhaps you would like to exercise your beautiful uh, vocal skills, and uh, that choir practice will begin on August the 25th at 6.30. That, the choir hasn't been together for over a year, so they are looking forward to getting back together. Our Sunday front office is open from 9 to 12. If you have any business you need to conduct or if you need to get more information, feel free to always check our front office, and uh, they will be there to help you. We are still, aren't we, kind of navigating through this COVID season and uh, ups and downs, and sort of in another down or up, whatever the case may be. And uh, we're doing our best to try to help you to take care of one another, which has been our mantra over the course of this COVID season. We're making some little tweaks right now. Uh, most of the staff is sort of keeping their distance so as to make sure that form lines aren't forming on the way out or the way in into our worship service. We are grateful for those of you who've gotten vaccinated. We encourage if you haven't gotten vaccinated to do so. It's the best way to take care of yourself and to take care of others. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, please wear a mask. We really encourage you to do that. And uh, some of you I know who are vaccinated are wearing masks. So, you know, it's really, really uh, one of those uh, seasons where we're just do the best that we can to try to provide uh, a safe place for all of our people. Look on the website starting this week uh, and in your email. If you haven't gotten an email from us recently, you may want to check the front office to make sure we have your address. But uh, be checking for any updated information about what we're doing relative to this uh, Delta variant and how we can best take care of one another. We'll make that information available to you as fast as possible. And we are looking ahead to August the 29th, our fall kickoff, which will be a great chance for us to be gathered together as a body of believers. And uh, we're looking forward to some wonderful events that day. And we have a video that we're going to show you in a second. And it is uh, not just for your viewing pleasure, but more importantly, go to our Facebook page, like it, maybe even more importantly, share it with those that are following you so that others can know that this is a big day in our life and that they are invited. This is a wonderful invitational video, and let's run the tape. Again, thanks to Matt Liddell who put that video together. And again, we encourage you to share that with those that you know and love. And now sort of respecting one another's sort of uh, 
um, needs in this COVID time, we invite you to get up and greet one another in the name of Christ to pass the peace as we get ready to worship God. Good morning, everybody. Let's, uh, let's stand together and worship. It is your faithfulness, oh God. Wrestled with the sinner's heart You lead us fast to waters and to mercy Nothing can keep us apart So remember your people Remember your children Remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Great is your love and justice, God. the weak to lead the strong you lead us in the song of your salvation and all your people sing along so remember your people remember your children Remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Sing, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough Your grace is enough for me So remember your people Remember your children Remember your promise, oh God is enough your grace is enough your grace is enough for me we sing your grace is enough heaven reaches out to us your grace is enough for me is enough I'm covered in your love your grace is enough for me
across the way your love for Lead me to my knees, Lord, lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Lead me, lead me to the cross. Mike runners up to join me up here as well. We're at that time in our service uh, where we have the opportunity to give back and to give thanks with the many gifts that we have received. So I want to say if you call Church of the Palms your home, your community, uh, your home church, um, then there are several different ways that we can be giving and coming alongside of Church of the Palms and our mission to love God and love neighbor. There are baskets in the back as well that you may have seen on your way in. Um, that you'll pass by on your way out. But I want to give our mic runners an opportunity to introduce themselves, and then we'll share our praises and our prayers. Fantastic. Uh, My name is Sam Wright, and I am going into the 10th grade at Suncoast Polytech High School. Awesome, awesome. Well, as we move into this time, I would love uh, to begin with praises. Is there anything that we want to give praise for that happened this past week? Um, Anything we want to share and celebrate together uh, as a church family? Any birthdays or anniversaries that we want to lift up and, and celebrate as well? Well, if not, then we can certainly lift up our, our uh, prayers. I know that there are so many things that happen uh, weekly in our lives that uh, we should be giving thanks for and giving praise for that have become such norms in our life that they go unnoticed. Uh, I mean, we can give praise that 
we woke up this morning, that it was another safe week, that we, I hope we can give praise that we woke up this morning, you know, that we drove to and from work or school safely um, each day this week, uh, that we are surrounded by a community and still able to worship together. I mean, there are so many things that we can be giving praise for and um, just giving thanks for in our lives um, that have become such norms to us um, in, in our lives here. Um, but what is, what is on our heart this morning that we would like to lift up in prayer? Does anybody have any concerns that they would like to share? goodness. Well, we will lift up Christine and all those who uh, have lost somebody that they love this week. Uh, I like to respond with, Lord, hear our prayers. So let's do that now. Lord, hear our prayers. Yes. Yes. And what is um, her name? Her name is Janine. Janine. So we're gonna, we lift up Janine and all of those um, who are currently battling cancer and that difficult disease. Lord, hear our prayers. Are there others that we want to lift up this morning? I want to lift up all of those who uh, are currently uh, positive for COVID themselves uh, or have family members or friends um, who are fighting against COVID it seems like, uh, unfortunately, we're moving in the wrong direction with this, um, so we want to be keeping that in our prayers as well as doing everything in our control ourselves to care for each other. But um, we lift up those that we love this morning who are battling COVID. Lord, hear our prayers. Let us pray. God, we give you so much thanks, Lord, for all of the blessings that you provide in our lives, Lord God, just for waking us up this morning, for letting us gather here as a community of believers and be able to worship your name freely. God, there are so many difficult things that happen in our week. God, things that are not your desire for our life or for this world, Lord. But God, we know that you work through us and you work through those around us, Lord God. We ask that not only may your healing hand be present across the situations of disease and loss and heartbrokenness, Lord God, but also that your spirit may speak to us through those around us, that we may hear your voice in the community of believers that we have here this morning, that we get to call family and friends, Lord, and also that you may speak through us and that we may open ourselves to be a vessel for your word to those around us that we interact with in our week, Lord God, so that we may help your kingdom be made known here on this earth the way that your son desired it to be known and showed us first. And we ask all of this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Connor. But we're excited about the worship opportunities that we have for the month of August here at Church of the Palms. Next week is Student Sunday, which is one of my favorite Sundays of the whole year because we get to hear how God has moved in the lives of our young people as they're returning from Montreat. The last Sunday in August, Pastor Steve is going to kick off the new season with our fall kickoff. So we'll do that um, the last Sunday of August. And then for the remainder of August, we'll be looking at the last three stained glass windows from our chapel series, Windows on the Word. These three windows are all related to the theme of connecting, the vertical connection to God which leads to the horizontal connection to neighbor, especially the stranger. We will be reminded again and again of how Jesus meets us right where we are, often in ways we don't expect. This mini-series is called Groping for God, and we have a memory verse for the month of uh, I said October earlier, August. We're still in August. It comes from Acts 17, 27. Grope for God and find him, though indeed he is not far from each of us, for in him 
we live and move and have our being. Well, the chapel window for today depicts the scene of the supper in Emmaus. Jesus is blessing the bread, and suddenly the two disciples recognize him. The symbols in the upper left-hand corner of the window are the grapes and the shock of wheat, representing, of course, the bread and the wine from the Lord's Supper. This story is only found in the Gospel of Luke, and I'm going to invite my friend Ava to come up and read this for us. And it's a nice long story, but I wanted us to hear the entire thing. And there you go. (laughs) This story is only found in the Gospel of Luke. You can find it in the 24th chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Hear now the word of God. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? Jesus asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who is a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village which they were going, Jesus walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening up the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples told what had happened on the road, and how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Ava. Great job. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O Lord, to hear and see you in the scriptures that are read and proclaimed today. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been so lost in thought that you don't notice anything or anyone around you? I've experienced this when I'm driving, hopefully not in a dangerous way, but in a way that's sort of not paying attention to the details. Friends have told me that they have waved to me as our cars passed each other, but I didn't respond. To be fair, when I'm driving, I'm often thinking or listening to a podcast, or catching up with one of my daughters on my hands-free phone. I mean, I saw the car, of course, but I'm not expecting to see a friend beside me, behind me, or in front of me. Expectations seem to play a huge role in what we experience. If you expect to see a friend, you would be looking for her. If you expect to have a great day, You often do, even when things come at you that are unplanned and unwelcomed. 
Sadly, if you expect to be disappointed, that too often comes to pass. You've heard of the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Expectations affect how we think, feel, and behave. Well, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus that Ava just read to us did not expect to encounter the living Lord. They said, we had hoped that Jesus was the Messiah, the one to redeem us, but now Jesus is dead and we're going home. They had lost a friend. They had lost their Savior. They had lost hope. These men were deep in grief. And honestly, those who are grieving deserve a pass. In his book, Lament for a Son, Nicholas Wolterstorff wrote about the death of his 25-year-old son, Eric, from a hiking accident in the mountains of Austria. Wolterstorff laments how he had taken Eric for granted. He wrote, perhaps we all take each other too much for granted. The routines of life distract us. Our own pursuits make us oblivious. Our anxieties and sorrows make us unmindful. The beauties of the familiar go unremarked. We do not treasure each other enough. As the outpouring of letters arrived expressing their gratitude and their appreciation for Eric, Wolstersdorf wept, and he wondered how he could be thankful for the life of his son when the loss was so excruciating. He wrote, the pain of no more outweighs the gratitude of the once was. The pain of no more outweighs the gratitude of the once was. The heaviness and darkness of grief is disorienting and isolating. The griever is isolated from the happy person and from the person who is also grieving because we all grieve differently. And yet, on the road to Emmaus, we learn that Jesus meets us right where we are, which tells us that we should be groping for God even in our grief and in our disappointment. Did you read about the Dutch cyclist Annemiek van Vluten who crossed the finish line with her arms raised in victory, thinking she had won the Olympic gold medal after a grueling 85-mile bicycle race? She later found out that although Kiesenhofer was nowhere in sight, Anna, the Austra Austrian Anna Kiesenhofer had already beaten her to the line. A disappointed van Vluten said... I thought I had won. I am gutted by this. We had hoped. You fill in the blank. We had hoped that the pandemic would be over by now, not resurging and putting at risk healthcare providers and others who we love. Not to mention the fear of being isolated once again into our homes. We had hoped that the diagnosis would not be cancer, that her memory would return. We had hoped that he would have gone to counseling and not taken his life, that she would not have been on the road the night of that accident, that the building wouldn't collapse. We had hoped, and now here we are, groping for God. A pastor speaking to women prisoners in a correctional facility said that faith in God doesn't produce cheerful optimism. It produces a gritty, defiant hope that God is still writing the story and that despite the darkness, a light still shines, and that God can redeem us, and that beauty matters, and that despite every disappointing thing we have ever done or endured, that there is no hell from which resurrection is impossible. Hope is not the starting point. Suffering is. 
Friends, it is a suffering God whom we worship. It is a suffering Jesus who meets us right where we are and often where we least expect him. But do we notice him? Do we realize that God is in this present moment? God is always in the moment, regardless of whether it's hard or easy, joyful or painful. In his book, Dangerous Wonder, Michael Iaconelli wrote about a time when he had the opportunity to spend a week with the great Henry Nouwen, who was a priest, professor, and author of 39 books on the spiritual life. Nouwen left academia and spent the last 11 years of his life as a pastor and a caregiver in a community home for people with um, disabilities that were developmental. Mike was delighted to learn that Nowen would be presiding over the Lord's Supper for his study group. It turned out that Deb was going to be receiving her first communion. Deb's 25-year-old body was ravaged by cerebral palsy and was as cooperative as a limp rag doll. Unable to speak, unable to respond, she had to be held by someone at all times. Well, the big day arrived. Mike had come with the expectation that this could be a great experience of the presence of God. Deb was in a fully restrained wheelchair, her face radiant, her hair beautifully done, her dress stunning. Sixty other mentally and physically challenged members of the community were there, along with two dozen workers and Mike's study group. The room was crowded and noisy. As the Eucharist began, Mike's heart sank in disappointment. Mike wrote, the noise was chaotic and distracting. Those with Down syndrome were humming loudly, continually rocking back and forth to a rhythm only they could hear. One girl would suddenly let loose with an ear-piercing shriek every few seconds. And the service had to be stopped temporarily because one member of the community had an epileptic seizure. He wrote, I was completely distracted, disappointed at the chaos and confusion that had ruined my experience of God. As Father Nowen presented the body and blood of Christ to each person in the room, I was secretly pouting, secretly counting the minutes until I could leave. Mike continued, when Father Nowen stopped in front of Deb, her body stopped jerking and moving out of control. Her eyes glistened. She opened her mouth to receive the wine and the bread. And there, ever so slightly, I saw her smile. At once, the noise in the room was transformed into what I imagine the noise at the nativity would have been like. God was there. His fragrance filled the room. Deb, the girl who could do nothing, the girl who would never give a talk, the girl who would never dance, the girl who would never write a book or play the piano or sing a song, taught me about the grace of God. God is in our grief. God is in our disappointment and in our experiences of the pandemic and most certainly in our broken lives. And I wonder, when does faith become sight? For the two men on the road to Emmaus, they saw Jesus in the breaking of the bread as Jesus blessed broke and gave the bread of life, their eyes were opened. Speaking of eyes, did you know that God made flounders just like normal fish, swimming upright with one eye on each side of their face, just like it should be? Then, in preparation for adult life, flounders undergo a bizarre transformation. One eye migrates to the other side of their face. It's like facial reconstructive surgery, only in slow motion and without scalpels and sutures. 
If God can help the flounder see with these awesome binocular eyes in this miraculous way, imagine what God can do for you and for me. And I wonder, what would it take for us to see Jesus? To trust that God is Emmanuel, God with us, wherever we are, whatever we are going through. Perhaps then we would grope for God in our grief and in our disappointment, in our broken lives, and even in our ordinary moments. We all We all want to connect with Jesus because we want what Jesus offers, the peace that passes all understanding, the love and grace to flow over us and through us so it reaches everyone. Can you imagine if we all could recognize God in our midst? For in God, we live and move and have our being. Will you pray with me? God of the flounders, fill our hearts with anticipation and expectation to encounter you on our road to Emmaus. Guide us on the path toward our destination and renew our strength as we continue to walk and commune with you. Open our eyes so we may see the signs of your presence around us. Open our hearts so we may receive your peace and love. And empower us to pass on to others the grace that you have shared with us so freely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus was revealed to the two disciples in the breaking of the bread. However, that only happened because of a gracious act of hospitality. The men invited this stranger to lodge with them as it was getting dark. Jesus did not force himself upon these weary travelers, nor does he force himself upon us. Jesus responded to an invitation, and now Jesus invites us to partake in the bread of life and the cup of salvation. Jesus does not force, but rather he invites everyone to this table, wherever we are in life, whatever we are going through. Jesus meets us right here just as we are, and so wants to reveal himself to to us. Hear now the words of the institution of the Lord's Supper. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks for it, and he broke it. Jesus gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this and remember me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you all for the forgiveness of sin. Do this and remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And friends, he will come again. We are going to say a little prayer together, and it will end with the Lord's Prayer, which will be up on the screen, so it's fine to look up while we finish that prayer. And then at the end, you will be invited to take communion together. We'll start with the bread side, and then we'll do the cup and put it back in the bag and take it as you leave. And if you didn't get a communion set, there are more in the basket in the back. Let's pray. Pour out your spirit, O God, onto these gifts and join us, Lord, at this meal and in every place that we go. Open our eyes so that we can see you 
Give us courage to grope for you even when we're afraid you're not there. We know, Lord, that you are always here in every moment. And for that, we give you thanks. And we pray all this in the name of your Son, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see beauty that made this heart adore you. Home of a life spent with you. But here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're altogether lovely Altogether worthy Altogether wonderful to me of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. together lovely 
vibrantly alive with the presence of God. This week, may we open our eyes and grope for God, because in God we move and live and have our being. And wherever you are, may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen.